Welcome to No Ad, No Problem, a podcast devoted to college tennis and growing the game. Check us out on Twitter at JTweetsTennis and Instagram at No Ad, No Problem. I'm your host, John. Let's serve it up. Hey everyone, welcome to a recap episode of the NCAA Women's Semifinals and a preview of the national championship match here at the USTA National Campus in Lake Nona. This is a solo pod. No Ethan today. It is just me on the mic today. Going to recap the semifinals that we saw here on what was a beautiful evening in Lake Nona. And we will preview round three of an all-ACC battle, North Carolina and NC State prevail in their semifinals. They will face each other in the national championship. But first, let's talk about how they got there. Ultimately, both of these matches, 4-0, both relatively anticlimactic, one much more so than the other. And that is where we will start. We will start with number one seed, North Carolina, taking on number four, Georgia. All right, we have talked about North Carolina's doubles for the last few episodes. We know that North Carolina has dropped two straight doubles points with their reimagined doubles lineups. That changes here in the semifinal. They come out hot in doubles. They are firing at number one doubles with Fiona Crawley and Abby Forbes, taking a 6-1 decision over Dasha Vidmanova and Mel Riasco of Georgia. And then Carson Tangillic and Elizabeth Scotty getting a 6-2 win at the line two position over Gigi Grant and my Narun Dorn. I will say this. I think that this match was over from the moment the first serve was struck. It did not seem like Georgia came out with a lot of belief that they could take this match against North Carolina. These two teams have faced twice this season, both relatively early in the season, one before ITA indoors and one in the final of ITA indoors. And if possible, each match has gotten less close. Uh, And this doubles point was no exception. North Carolina looked strong in this doubles points. They came out with energy. They came out like the team that has been here before and all of these players most of all these players for north carolina have been in this same position last year against texas this georgia squad has not been here before it has been you know since 2019 when they made the ncaa final here in orlando uh last time they were in a semi-final and i felt like that really showed i felt like that this north carolina team knew that they were facing a familiar opponent knew that they could beat this opponent and i think that that really showed So North Carolina goes out to a 1-0 lead. And then, of course, uh, one of the most unusual things to happen today, and this happened both in the men's uh, quarterfinals with Virginia and Kentucky, and then here also in this North Carolina NC State match, was that we had unplayable courts. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what happened with these courts. The best I could ascertain was that the, the courts kind of bubbled up and the court surface kind of came off a little bit. Um, so they had to delay the start um, eh, of using that court too. So what they did was they moved Fiona Crawley and Dasha Vidmanova at that line two down to line three, pushing everyone else down a court. And uh, Gigi Grant and Annika Yalagada had a delayed start on court six. Uh, they eventually did go on on court two once it was deemed playable. Um, but that was sort of an unusual factor here in this you know, national championship semifinal. And there really was never 
a doubt that North Carolina was going to take this match. Uh, They looked incredibly strong at the one and the two positions. You'll recall that, you know, these positions were matches that Georgia had won in some of those previous battles. Leah Ma, one of the two people who has beaten Fiona Crawley this season, she beat her earlier in one of those dual matches. Dasha Vidmanova, one of the few people who have beat has beaten Reese Brantmeyer in dual singles play. And that is one of the reasons I believe that North Carolina flipped their one and two singles uh, positions to avoid those same matchups. And that worked. Uh, Fiona Crawley gets a 6-1, 6-2 win uh, at the line two position. Reese Brantmeyer gets a 6-2, 6-4 decision at the line one and ultimately puts North Carolina up 3-0. There was, I guess, maybe some doubt given that Mel Riasco took her first set over Carson Tangelig uh, 6-2 and also Meg Kowalski took her first set at court uh, or line five, uh, 6-3. But Ultimately, after about the first 40 minutes of singles, it became pretty clear the direction this match was headed. And it was was honestly a really unusual finish. Uh, You know, you had at one point you had Leah Ma get injured down, you know, six, two, five, four, 30 love, two points from losing. You had Dasha Vidmanova down six, one, five, two. She takes a medical timeout. And then on the game point for Carson Tangillig to go up uh, 4-1 in her third set. Mel Riasco takes takes a fall. She ends up kind of falling directly on her knees. Seemed to really injure her knee and her ankle. She was taking a medical timeout as well, but at that point it was really clear that this match was over. Reese Brantmeyer was going to get the win at number one, even though you know Leah Ma was taking a medical timeout. There was Unfortunately, really no way that Mel Riasco was going to be able to finish that match. Um, so really unusual, disappointing end to this match. And ultimately, to me, it felt a little emblematic of this Georgia season. A lot of these players on this Georgia team maybe don't have that same spirit and guts and gusto that a fifth-year senior like Meg Kowalski does. And it just didn't feel like these Georgia players had any belief that they could take out North Carolina. And and on the flip side, it felt like North Carolina was ready for this moment. They had been in this moment, and that really shined through in all of these singles matches. I think my biggest takeaway on the North Carolina side was Carson Tangillig. It felt like, you know, she lost her match against Texas to Sabina Zainalova. She has struggled down the home stretch of this season. She takes a 6-0 second set, and she was really feeling it in that third set. She was working the crowd. She was pumped up. That is a huge bonus for North Carolina as they head into this uh, championship match. That was definitely something of note. Also of note was that they did UNC did pull Abby Forbes again from that line four position, moving Scotty up to number four. Riley Tran at five, Annika Yarlagata at six. So that will be something to monitor for the match against NC State. But ultimately, very, very anticlimactic and disappointing finish here for the Georgia Bulldogs, who had an incredible season winning the SEC, you know, uh, tournament title there over Texas A&M. But North Carolina, not only the more talented team on paper, but also the more experienced team here. Uh, and they they looked every bit the part of a national championship winner. Uh, hats off to Jeff Wallace, head coach at Georgia, for his you know ex- 
extremely impressive, very lengthy career, one of the winningest coaches that we have in Division One women's tennis. So uh, credit to him, a, really a disappointing end to this final. Uh, it was a disappointing finish. There's no other way to put it. So moving on to the NC State Stanford match, uh, this match was also 4-0, but a very different 4-0. And look, here's the thing about NC State. They are going to go up 2-0 in every match. Or they feel really good about that. And they look strong in doubles. I think what's been unusual for their doubles recipe here is that, you know, all American winners, Nell Miller and Amelia Rajecki, have not looked strong. They were down a match point against Iowa State, which they conveniently did delay a little bit. So they avoided the loss there, but they do suffer a loss against Sarah Choi and Yepifanova of Stanford 6-3. However, um, Thankfully for them, NC State's a strong doubles program. You have Diana Schneider and Alana Smith at the number one line. They get a 6-3 win. Sophie Abrams and Abby Rincelli get a 6-2 win at number three. That number three was really going to be the turning point. I didn't think there was a chance that um, Stanford would, would win number one doubles, although I really didn't think they would take two. So that was the plus side. And I think the one that Stanford had to get was three doubles, where Connie Mom, Valencia Shu have looked really strong down the home stretch of this season. And they were facing a team in Abrams and Vincelli who both did not look good in doubles nor singles in their quarterfinal showing. So they came out hot. They came out with a lot of energy, a lot of energy that we didn't see in that match against Iowa State. Ultimately, NC State gets the doubles point as they typically do in these matches. They go up 1-0. And then you have top 100 WTA player, Diana Schneider. She has now played two matches here in Orlando. She has won 24 of the 25 games she has played. She knocked off Naklo of Iowa State, 0-0. She knocks off Alexandria Yepafanova, 6-1-6-0. It was a dominant display. You know, I've been coming to this tournament every year since 2010, and it is very clear that she is a cut, a cut and above every other women's player here. And that will do a lot of wonders for the confidence of this NC State team because she puts up that very early win. And look, she's engaged. She is fighting. She is giving commands. We didn't see a lot of that during the regular season. So there's a big change in her demeanor. And it's showing in some of these score lines that she's putting up, which are just incredible to see at the one position. And then you go, okay, well, this was sort of the recipe. This is what we were expecting to see from NC State is they're going to go up 2-0 and then Stanford needs to find four of the singles positions, two through six. And coming into that match, I thought that that's doable, but there's a lot of pressure in doing that. And Stanford, you know, they took first sets from Blake at three, seven, six. They took Blockina, seven, five. They took Valencia Shu, uh, six, three. The one they didn't get and the one they absolutely needed was Connie Ma. She dropped her first set to Alana Smith, 7-5. And look, the NCAA singles finalist Connie Ma has not been playing the same tennis she was last season. And that hurts this Stanford team. And Gina Dittman, who has been really solid for NC State, particularly in this NCAA tournament, she also posted a first set for NC State. So you split. Three first sets NC State, three first sets Stanford, and you go, okay, who can hold on? And it was ultimately Gina Dittman. She was down, I believe, 4-2 in that second set, and you thought, okay, maybe that's going to be Stanford's fourth point. If you're not going to get Connie Mott two, maybe we can get you know Gina Dittman at six. And ultimately, Gina Dittman closed the door 
on Sarah Choi. She wins a tiebreak there, 6-3-7-6 to go up 3-0. And as that match started to close in, you had Alana Smith, who was up 7-5-5-0. She was up 7-5-5-1-40-love. And that match kept going on. Connie Mock ultimately gets it back to 5-all. But this is just a tough position for every single one of these Stanford singles players to be in because they know they have to win. And that is the pressure that NC State puts on you by going up 2-0 and certainly by going up 3-0. And so you start to see a lot of the leads that Stanford had built on courts 3, 4, and 5 start to evaporate. Valencia Shu drops her second set 7-5 after being up in the second set. Angelica Blake drops her second set after being up in the first set. Alexis Lockina, she was up 7-5-5-3. It looked like Rangeli was going to close it out at 5-4. So it felt like the walls were closing in on Stanford. And close in they did with Alana Smith after losing five straight games, countless match points. Uh, she ends up closing the door, winning the last two games of that second set, 7-5 to get the 7-5-7-5 win over NCAA singles finalists in 2022, Connie Ma, to give NC State the 4-0 shutout victory in the semifinals. They advance to their first NCAA tennis national championship. And they face now a North Carolina team who is in their first final since 2014. These two teams know each other extremely well. They are not only in-conference rivals, they've played twice this season, once without Diana Schneider. North Carolina uh, won that match 7-0 that was played in Chapel Hill. And then the one neutral site match that they played with Diana Schneider in the lineup, that went to NC State 4-1. And in that match, which is sort of our best replica for what we will see in the national championship tomorrow, NC State takes doubles in a dominating fashion. They put up a quick win on the board in Diana Schneider over Fiona Crawley. They also get wins from Amelia Rejecki over Carson Tangillig. And then ultimately Sophie Abrams got the clinch over Elizabeth Scotty. So that was, you know, about a month ago at this point, three-ish weeks ago. So what can we expect in tomorrow's match? Well, since that match, we've talked about it. UNC has rejiggered their lineup. They have totally different doubles teams and singles matches that are going to be the same versus different. Let's go through it. Diana Schneider will now be facing freshman Reese Brantmeyer of North Carolina. I understand why North Carolina made this switch. Reese Brantmeyer has, you know, a bigger serve. She got more weapons than Fiona Crawley. She can come to net. She loves a good drop shot. These are all things that are going to put Diana Schneider a little bit on uneven footing, right? Someone like Fiona Crawley, there is no player in college tennis that can hit through Fiona Crawley except Diana Schneider. And so it's a different look for Schneider and you look at the matches that she has lost. I mean, it's tough to put too much weight into them, but she did lose to Chloe Beck of Duke. Chloe Beck has a much more, uh, I guess, attacking game style. I mean, she will slice, she'll come to net, very comfortable with that very comfortable with the drop shot. And that seemed to kind of put Diana Schneider, make her uncomfortable. And so I think the thought is, hey, I think Reese Brantmeyer has the tools in her arsenal to do that. That's what we'll be seeing at line one. 
I think regardless of the uncomfortability factor, I'll make my kind of picks as we go through here. I think Diana Schneider wins this match. I don't think Diana Schneider is losing a set in this team event. And um, I think she'll be up for the challenge. You saw her get up for the challenge against Fiona Crawley in the ACC tournament final. I don't think she'll care about the big, bigger serve from Reese, the bigger weapons. I think she's going to gonna roll through this uh, singles match. At number two, you have Fiona Crawley and Alana Smith. Uh, these two did face off against each other in that first match in the regular season. Uh, Fiona Crawley got the win there. I don't see any way Alana Smith will win this match. I think Fiona Crawley wins this match. She's playing good tennis here in Orlando. Alana Smith has been very up and down. She, she lost her match against Kajuru of Iowa State. I think this is pretty firmly in the North Carolina column. Number three is where I think things get interesting. Amelia Rejecki took the racket out of Carson Tangillig's, you know, hand in that ACC final. She won in straight sets. It was never close, and it was sort of the match that, whoa, okay, NC State is really here to play. I don't, I don't think that match goes that way this time. And the reason why I say that is Rejecki hasn't been playing her best tennis here in Orlando. You know, she ultimately got the clinch against Iowa State, but she struggled against Kodlakova of Iowa State, and she struggled today against Blake. I mean, that first set tiebreak, she was up, believe, 4-2, and all of a sudden the errors started to pile up. I just haven't seen Rejecki's best here in Orlando. And conversely, I haven't seen Carson's best. I haven't seen Carson's best in a, in a long time. And But I, I think I saw something in Carson in that semifinal match that was a little bit of a flip of the switch. And she's playing better tennis. She was engaging the crowd. She was playing aggressively. She was able to handle Riasco's ball. I, I think this leans... Rejecki, just given the matchup, but I would not say it's firmly in the NC State column the way it certainly was in that ACC final. All right, the four through six gets a little interesting because you always have the North Carolina wild card where they could play Abby Forbes at the four position, or they could keep Abby Forbes out of the lineup and we could see Scotty against Rancelli. If I'm UNC, I keep Forbes out of the lineup because this Forbes Rancelli match was. A battle in the ACC tournament final. Uh, Rancelli took the first set, and Rancelli's not playing her best tennis. She lost against Iowa State, and she was probably going to lose against Blockina of Stanford. I would feel much more confident in Scotty taking this win over Rancelli. These two have faced each other before. They played at the number two position last year uh, when these two teams faced off. I would lean Scotty here both in one playing her and two in her getting the win. So I think this one does lean UNC, uh, assuming they do not play Abby Forbes. And if they don't play Abby Forbes and you get Riley Tran at five over Sophie Abrams. Again, both Abrams and Rincelli have not showed their best tennis here in Orlando. You'll recall Abrams is the one that got the win over Elizabeth Scotty to clinch that ACC tournament title. We have not seen that tennis from Sophie Abrams yet. And conversely, Riley Tran against Meg Kowalski. Really unable to hit through Kowalski today. I think the good thing for her is, you know, Abrams is going to give her a lot of pace and she'll absorb that pace pretty well. She looked a little banged up, Riley Tran did in that match today. 
I think I have to lean Riley Tran in this match as well. So if you're keeping score here, um, that's three singles matches I see on the board for UNC in Fiona Crawley, uh, in Elizabeth Scotty and Riley Tran. And then lastly, you have Yarlagada versus Gina Dittman. And this is a rematch from the ACC tournament final. This is where you saw uh, Gina Dittman take a very, very close first set over Annika Yarlagada. And ultimately, that match was unfinished. I think this is a very close match. These two are very evenly matched. And if this finishes, this could be the 4-3 clincher. I'm leaning Gina Dittman. The one thing to note here is that Gina Dittman had to play a full match. Annika Yarlagada did not today. She Her match was abandoned at 4-0, given that late start they had with the weird court situation. So Yarlagada will be fresh if she uh, is in the lineup tomorrow. So that is certainly one factor. Given all of this, I think one thing that is significantly advantageous to North Carolina is this is a team that every year is gunning for a national championship and every year to date has fallen short. And this is this was their fourth straight national semifinal today. They are now in their first final since 2014. One of the things that is advantageous for them is that they have been playing and will play a very familiar opponent. This is not a Stanford team that they have PTSD from over the last 15 years, decade, you know, if you will. This is an NC State team that they know they have played every year. They have seen this NC State rise to the level that they are at over just the last five years. They know these players. And if they are able to say, hey, this is a neutral court, this may as well be just another ACC regular match, I think that will significantly help them. And you just never know how these two respective teams are going to step up. NC State absolutely stepped up in that ACC tournament final. UNC did not. And how do they react to that loss? That is going to be the question. And it is going to be what determines whether or not this North Carolina team finally gets over the hump to get their first national championship in program history. But I saw it tonight with Stanford. The pressure that NC State puts on you by taking doubles, putting a point on the board with Diana Schneider, increases the pressure on every other player. And it means that NC State can play freely. I saw it with Rejecki tonight against Blake. She was down 2-4 in that second set, and she was started swinging freely. The winners started coming off her racket. Same thing with Sophie Abrams, down in that second set. So it's going to be challenging for both teams. Ultimately, I think you've got to be in this position to... You've got to be in this position several times to finally get it done. And I think in their Jordan year, 2023, I think this North Carolina team gets it done over a familiar foe, wins this tiebreaker match. You know, each team has won once. I think they finally get over the hump here in 2023 in Lake Nona. And I am just hoping for a barn burner of a match. This will be at 5.30, so we will get a little bit of sun, you know, a little bit of heat during that first hour, and then the sun will set. We'll have beautiful sunsets, knock on wood, and we will crown our 2023 national champion. It really only feels right 
that these are the two teams left standing. How fun is it that it is two teams from North Carolina battling out? The narratives here are incredible. I'm looking forward to the match. Again, if you're in Orlando, if you're in Lake Nona, if you're anywhere close, come out for this match. It should be incredible. Saturday, 5.30. What else do you have going on? And if you are there, please say hello. It has been so much fun seeing people in person, chatting with you all. And I look forward to seeing you all out at this final tomorrow or Saturday, depending on when you're listening to this, 5.30 p.m., number one, North Carolina versus number three, North Carolina State. Each team looking for their first women's national championship in tennis. It's going to be a good one. And I'll see you all tomorrow.